What is up everybody? Welcome back to the In-Situ Health and Fitness Podcast. In today's episode, we'll be discussing five mistakes that people make when starting to exercise. As a personal trainer, I've seen firsthand how these mistakes hold people back from reaching their goals. Whether you're just starting out or you've been exercising for a while, this episode is for you. Make sure you hang around till the end because we've saved the best till last. Real quick guys, before we get into today's episode, I just want to thank every single one of you for leaving a five-star review and a positive comment. In our last episode of Reflecting Over 2022, Mac and I both said that one of the biggest accomplishments we had of last year was how much this podcast has grown. And we could not do that without you guys reaching out, sharing your thoughts about the podcast, giving your questions for the Friday show, and leaving a five-star review and positive comment wherever you're listening to this podcast. Mac and I do read every single one of your reviews. So thank you for everybody who has done that. And thanks in advance for all you new listeners that are going to do it right now. Thanks again, and let's get into today's episode. I'm excited for this episode, five mistakes that people make when starting to exercise. We haven't done episodes like this for a while, but it is this time of the year where everybody's trying to dive in, work on themselves, work on their future, work on some goals. So over the next couple of weeks, Mac and I are going to bring you more in-depth on one topic, episodes like this. So make sure you subscribe, follow, whatever you do, wherever you listen to your podcasts. They're all different, all the platforms these days. Um, But these mistakes, these aren't just we see mistakes we see our clients doing. They're also mistakes we do. So we know firsthand how to overcome these mistakes. And once you do understand these and actually implement how not to do it, you achieve these goals, but you actually get to keep the results for a lot longer. So, They always say that you should learn from your mistakes, right? Well, what if you could just learn from other people's mistakes? Exactly. That's the whole point. And you don't have to make them. So I think the the very first most important mistake that I see people make is not setting specific and achievable, emphasis on the achievable, goals. Mm. So like a lot, especially this time of the year, people just set a broad goal like I want to lose weight. And that it's really hard for you to know when you've achieved that because what does that look like for you? How much weight do you want to lose? How do you want to feel? How are you going to get there? What are the steps you need to take? So I think it's really important to get extremely clear on what the goal is and yeah, just be as specific about the why and the how as possible. Yeah, I definitely dive deep as possible into those, the why and the how. Because this year I've heard so many people say, oh, I want to lose 10 kilos and then just leave it at that. Mm. It's like, well, why do you want to lose those 10 and how are you going to do it? Uh, People might think, and the people that do take it the next step go, yeah, I want to lose weight because of this, this and this, but then they don't understand how to. I also think the why is extremely motivating. Like you can't just rely on like New Year's motivation. Like collectively, it's really motivating in new at new years around new years because everyone wants to be better and start stuff but as the year goes on obviously that motivation just sort of goes away and if you don't have a very clear why to come back to 
then it's even harder for you to stay motivated. Like, if you want to lose 10 kilos just because you want to be skinnier, that's a very weak why, I think. Like, if you have a more deep why, I get a lot of our clients to do the five whys, which we've spoken about on the podcast a bunch of times. But essentially, if your goal is to lose weight, then you ask yourself, well, why do I want to lose weight? And they're like, because I want to feel better. Well, why do you want to feel better? So I can spend more time with my kids. Well, why do you want to spend more time with your kids? Because that's important to me. Why is that important to you? Because I want to be a good parent. So then your deep why is actually, I want to be fit and healthy so I can be a good parent. And that's a lot more motivating than just, I want to lose weight. So I think it's super important, like to just, that's like, I guess, as specific as you could possibly get. Hmm. But that's the best kind of motivation, right? Yeah, definitely. And a lot of people won't go into those whys because it does take a bit of thought and diving into some uncomfortable places with inside yourself. Yeah. And we do get our clients to do this and we get them to write write it down. Worst case scenario would say type it into somewhere, but actually sitting down with pen and paper and answering out and writing out your whys, just, I don't know, it just makes people think a lot harder about it. Yeah. I think when it comes to like texting or just typing it out, people are disengaged a little bit. But if you actually sit down, right, why do I want to achieve, why do I want to lose 10 kilos? And then why, 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 why? And sit there, think about each time you think, ask yourself why. It just does get a little bit more motivating and you have more incentive. Yeah. And when thing, because things always turn to shit, no mm-hmm. matter what. You can have the best plan, you can have the best why, you can have the best steps on how to achieve it, but it is, at some point, things aren't gonna go your way. So you need that emotion to fall back onto when those times come. And what do you think, how would you define an achievable goal? Like how would you tell someone losing 10 kilos isn't an achievable goal for you, maybe you should focus on this instead? Yeah, I actually heard a good quote today this morning actually people overestimate what they can achieve in six weeks but underestimate what they can achieve in six months that's true especially in like health and fitness everyone goes for those six week fat loss beauty burn challenges so it's like six weeks i'm going to achieve this 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 and this and you're like well chill out a second what if we said in six months yeah what can you achieve and people don't think that far ahead so i'd just say give yourself some time um, we have spoken about this as well. Like you've just sat down, said your why, and then you want to be this health and fit parent to be a better parent for your kids or whatever. What do you need actually need to do to be that person? So you need to actually start embodying that person. And there's certain things that that person is going to be doing. So they're going to be eating a healthy breakfast every morning. They're going to be walking every day. They're going to be exercising three to four times a week. So that's all those that all these things is what that person does. But start with the simplest thing first. So just forget exercise, forget all that. Okay, that person does eat a healthy breakfast every morning. I'm going to start eating a healthy breakfast every morning. And I just do one thing at a time. This time of the year, everybody jumps in and tries to change way yeah. too much too early. So one thing at a time. A little bit of change is fine. But then again, a little bit of change over six weeks isn't much, but a little bit of change over six months is massive. Yeah. I wrote a tweet a couple of weeks ago and it was, it really, really related well to that 
identity point that you brought up and it's like what why do we we try to get the goal that a healthy person would have but we don't try to be a healthy person mm. and it's like you can't be fit and in shape and healthy if you don't identify as a healthy person if you still identify as someone that is lazy and eats junk food like that like that's nice people do identify as that then it's I would say it's impossible for you to get the goal of being in shape and being healthy. Like you have to align the two. And I think, like you said, changing small parts of your identity in the beginning is far easier than trying to hold on to your old identity and then change your lifestyle around that while you're still being the unhealthy person. Yeah, because if you go and change, your family's going to be like, who the hell are you? What are you doing? Why are you doing it? if you just make little changes mm. over time, they won't really notice, but you'll change into a healthier, fitter parent. Yeah. One more point before we move on is we, Jack and I, did a very, very long uh, yearly reflection yesterday. And one of the parts in that was choosing a big goal. So like, I want to lose weight and then breaking that into quarterly goals. Mm. So you still have the overarching goal, but you have like smaller milestones that you achieve along the way. One, they're super good for motivation. Two, it looks if it looks and feels a lot more achievable because it's not as far in the distance. And then when you get there, say you want to lose 10 kilos and for the first quarter, your goal is to lose three kilos. That's far more achievable than losing 10 kilos. So you're going to be a lot more motivated. You can celebrate it because I really hate how people hold off on the celebrating like... If you lost two kilos, you still lost two kilos. Like, why wait until you lose 10 kilos to mm. appreciate all of your hard work? So setting quarterly goals makes it a lot easier to, I guess, keep your vision intact, in line. Um, it gives you something to celebrate. And then it's almost an opportunity for you to decide to pivot or keep going. Like, just because you set a goal at the start of the year doesn't mean you have to only do that goal you can change like the stuff that you learn as you go is going to probably change your mind as well yeah and like you said it just gives you that little bit extra balance like your goal is 10 10 kilos over the year and if the first quarter you aim to lose five but you only lose two that's okay that's only a quarter of the time you've allowed to achieve that goal and at least you've because you've gone a quarter of the way into the year and you realize you're still you're not doing something quite right mm. rather than waiting till the year's over and then you'll be like oh well i didn't get my goal oh well there goes 12 months of my life i'll just try again next year yeah yep great point okay number two is not warming up or cooling down properly before a workout this is more exercise specific now yeah and it's one of those things like people put there's more emphasis on working out now more than ever. People hold the workout in the highest regard of, I've got to lose 10 kilos, what workout do I do? Where workout is only a small percentage of that goal. Um, and warming up and cooling down is quite important. Um, I'd say the warm up's probably more important than the cool down, but I'll get into that in a second. But basically, because everybody's going to be doing different um, workouts whether you're just going for a walk, run, high intensity training, weight training, but your warm up needs to simulate what heart rate you're gonna to get to in the, warm, in the workout. 
So if you're doing high interval training, high intensity interval training, that's the one I was going for, and you know you're gonna your heart rate is going to max out in that workout. Obviously, it's only going to be a short workout because it's in um, high intensity, but you need to match that heart rate in your warm up so your body is ready for that workout. It's, same goes for weightlifting. So if you're weightlifting, you need to bring your heart rate up to the point where you think it's going to be maximal in your weightlifting session. You need to stimulate your muscles enough so they understand what's coming. So when you're actually working out, they're not just still warming up, they're primed, ready to rock and roll, and you can build muscle. A lot of people won't warm up and say you've got four sets of back squats of 10 reps to start with. People won't really warm up properly. They won't get their legs moving and they just jump straight in. And, and the first two sets of those that those back squats are just warm up sets. Your body's just getting used to what's happening. Then they do two more sets and then it's over onto the next exercise where you should have spent a little bit more time warming up, getting your legs pumping. Maybe one set before you start, so you end up doing five sets, but just making sure that you're warmed up to do the workout. Because again, we're all busy. Your workout is important. Like It is one of the important things, yeah, but if you don't warm up properly, then the workout's wasted. Mm. So yes, the workout's important, but it's also important what you do leading up to it. It's like you're undercutting the results you could possibly get, right? Yeah. Like you're short-cutting, short-changing yourself. Yeah. Personally, like the way we warm up has changed so much over the last, I don't know, two, three years because we've changed from CrossFit, different gyms, different scenarios. But I generally have the same warm-up regardless, to a certain extent, regardless of what the workout is. But I think that it's very, like my warm-up is very beneficial for me because... Mentally, it allows me to switch from like work mode or focus mode to like, okay, it's time to think about my body and more engage my mind muscle connection. And because it's the same warm up, like it's like five minutes and then I might do specific targeted warm up that's going to suit the workout. But because it's the same routine, it just makes me feel a lot more present in the gym for the workout. I don't know. And I... If I don't do it, it just it's almost like I fumble around during the workout and I'm not really fully there, so I'm not really I'm kind of wasting my time. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that's a great point. And that's pretty much so let's talk about an actual warm-up. So I would get my clients to do two to five minutes of light cardio just to bring the heart rate up. And that over time, like Max said, that just signals the body to, okay, there's something coming. So after you've done it for six months, your body just knows, okay, workout mode, let's go. Um, and then it comes down to sort of in individual. You might want to prime your hips or prime your shoulders around injuries, mobilize certain areas. Then it's a lower body activation, upper body activation, and then some sort of full body movement. And then we get into the workout. So going through all that, again, it's going to look different for everybody because everybody activates differently. Everybody's got different mobility issues. This is just something you've got to work out over time to see, see what works best for you. I can't say do this one exercise and that's going to warm your whole body up because it's going to be different for everybody. Yeah. So warm up, does that make sense? Any, yeah. All good there? Yeah. All right. What, are you going into cooling down now? I am. I just, and everybody's sort of like cool down. But this is important, especially these days, because everybody is so busy. And again, the workout 
it, you might only have 40 minutes, 45 minutes to work out and that time has to be optimized and you've warmed up properly, smashed the workout, done it perfectly, perfect form and all that sort of stuff. But then the cool down, people just disregard it and don't really take it into consideration. And I'm not saying you have to sit there, stretch, breathe, all that sort of stuff, but you do need to bring your body back out of that fight or flight mode into recovery mode. A lot of people will finish at the gym straight back to work or straight back to life and they're, you know, they've gone from workout being in flight or flight and then back into life or work, fight or flight, and they don't actually calm down until later on that night. So you do need to calm down and come into a rest and digest state for your body to start doing the things it needs to to get the benefits from the workout. So you don't actually get the benefits from the workout during the workout, it's what you do after the workout. And that's what a lot of people forget. It's very important to cool down properly. And yes, stretching might be a part of that. It's, I, I like to, you know, when I did classes back in the day, back in the OG primal days, I would strip, make people stretch and would sit in a circle and stretch because I knew that time would bring their heart rate down and they'd get into that rest and digest state because everybody's different, everybody's going to do different things after the class but I knew that time. So it wasn't necessarily stretching was important. It's just that time of, okay, everybody's chill for two minutes. And it could be all it was, two minutes to so just sit down and stretch and everybody calms down and then your body starts adapting to the workout. You get all the benefits a lot quicker and a lot better. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's just one thing that people overlook and it is very important because Yes, you do a great workout, you do a perfect workout, you've done a great job, but it's not the workout that you get results from, it's what you do afterwards. Just remember that. So on the note of perfect workouts, you're ready to move on to number three? Mm-hmm. Uh, I have not using proper form. Mm. Yeah. Um, great topic. <laughs> Where to start? I would say from personal experience... Um, neglecting form, like in doing CrossFit years and stuff like that, just injury city, Mm. honestly. And once you have an injury, like if you're new to exercise and you're listening to this podcast because you want to stick to it and you want to make sure you do it properly, then injuring yourself when you're new to exercise, I think is the worst thing that can happen to you because it discourages you so, so much. Because especially if you're working out by yourself, if you've just bought a workout program and you don't have a PT and you're just going to the gym by yourself, who do you ask? Who do you turn to? Who helps you? Who tells you how to fix it? Who tells you what to avoid when you have an injury? Who tells you what you did wrong? It's like, it's very um, like murky water when you're doing it by yourself. So I, yeah, I think that just, even if you get a PT for three months, two three sessions so just so they can tell you how to do everything properly i think that makes a massive difference because i've been injured in the past and even having like a solid schedule and having exercise as a solid habit it still is extremely discouraging and extremely frustrating when you're injured yeah i get injured regularly and it's not it's something that you got to get used to when you are working out it's not you're never going to be injury free. Like you always sort of might do something completely wrong and injure yourself. That's okay. You just got to work through it. But I don't know how many times I've heard people that have started their health and fitness journey, started working out 
injured himself and just gone, well, working out's not for me. I'm not going to do that anymore. Mm. It's like, well, no, it is for you. It's for everybody. But you just probably did it wrong. And this is where, like, again, I don't know where to start. I'm probably going to go on a few tangents on this one. But form matters the most over everything else. Like, um, I'm going to just, because it's on the top of my head, running. Mm. So everything takes practice and you can't just start running and be good at it. Running is very technical. A lot of people will start to run and then end up with injuries here, injuries there. And they think, oh, it's fine. It's just running. But it's so technical and a lot of people can't do it properly. So they do end up injured and you're not going to get any of the benefits. So just like running, squatting. Squatting does take a fair bit of work. And this is the issue like people focus on a six-week challenge. It might take you six weeks just to be able to squat properly with a barbell on your back. But it's not an, like, yes, it's just a squat. You just put the barbell on your back and you just squat. But you can just squat, but there's a lot in it to actually perfect it. Mm. And perfecting it means you're going to activate more muscles. You're going to burn more calories doing it. You're going to stimulate your nervous system more so your body wants to adapt and build muscle more. So perfect form goes so much further and takes you so much further. Even if you're not lifting or running or jumping as far further or higher, form matters because your body adapts better to it. I also think when you say perfect form, it's perfect form is different for everybody, right? Like your perfect form in a squat is extremely different to my perfect form in a squat, mm. which also is very hard to know what is good form when you're doing it by yourself. Yeah. Um, so this is where, like Max said, get a PT. And if a PT is teaching, if you see them with another client and they're teaching them to squat exactly the same way as you and giving you all the same cues, yeah, they're going to be similar, but everybody is different. Like your job pay comes into it. Like what, how you sit all day or you stand all day, how flexible you are, how, mobil how much mobility you've got, all that comes into a squat. So everybody's going to look different. And you're not going to know. I've, got, I've had clients come in and they're doing squats and I'll just watch them go through. Sometimes they're perfect, but sometimes they're like, I don't think I'm doing it right. And it's like, well, because they haven't been doing it long enough, they don't understand how their body should feel in those positions. And it's just a matter of just, yes, doing the reps, but also just paying attention and understanding it. Either get a PT, record yourself, look in the mirror. I know a lot of people don't like mirrors, but as a coach, a mirror is probably the best tool you can have. And that's just so I can get the client to see how they look when they're doing the movement. And once you can see what how you're doing the movement, you're like, ah, okay, that's, that's what it... That's what I'm doing because I could be saying, you know, bend your knees more. And they're like, yeah, I am. But until they see it and they're, oh, yeah, I'm not bending my knees. And then the form comes along a lot quicker when you can see yourself doing the exercise. Um, yeah, I just, I, I guess I could do a whole episode on the topic of perfect form. Mm -hmm. or, and this comes down, uh, I know a lot of people will want, like, running. Again, everybody just jumps in and starts running. No one actually takes the time to learn how to run properly. And then a couple of weeks in, they're injured. They can't run anymore because they're so sore, all this sort of stuff. And then they're going to be like, well, running's not for me. 
we're humans, we're made to run. Every human should be able to run. You've just got to learn how. Mm. Like it, it sounds stupid, but as a human, as, spe- as a species, we've forgotten how to run properly. And it is a skill that you need to start working on. So don't just go out there and just start running 5Ks. Run a little bit, record yourself. Like I'll get clients to put a phone down on the ground, 20 meters in front of them, like run away from the phone and run back to the phone just so they can, again, look at, see how their legs move. A lot of people will have like weird little kicks and stuff like that when they run and they don't understand when they're doing it. But then like if you do that over 5Ks, it's going to cause an injury. But if you do that over 500 meters, it's not going to cause an injury. So start small, work on your form and go from there. Um, Yeah. Again, I could break running down, squatting down a whole lot more. But I don't know. Where do I go from there? (laughs) Did you have any other tangents that you wanted to go on before we move on? No, let's move on. (laughs) Okay. This one is probably my favorite of all the points, but doing the same workout over and over. Mm. I feel like this is very common, especially with social media, because everyone just saves a workout on social media or on YouTube and just does that workout or does a a variation, like two workouts week after week after week because they like the influencer or the influencer says, this is my workout, this is how I got these abs. (laughs) Yeah. Um, If somebody is selling you a program and saying, I did this program to achieve this, don't buy the program. They're either selling you lies or... Every, again, like we said, everybody's different. So by doing the same program as somebody else doesn't mean you're going to get that same results. Yeah. You could have 100 people do the same program and get completely different results. So, yeah, just that tangent off. Let's. I'm going to pick on running again. Okay. So, so yeah. running is technically a workout. I'm just going to use it because it's so simple. All you're doing is putting one leg in front of the other. So over time, the muscles strengthen up in that plane of motion. So all, all you're doing is stepping in front of and putting one leg in front of the other, one leg in front of the other. So over time, the muscles get strong in that plane. But then as soon as you try and step sideways and you have never done it before, you're weak that way. So your muscles are going to, you're either going to get injured because you're not used to that way or um, you're going to be sore. It's not going to work. It's not going to feel right. So this sort of goes down into just repeating the same thing over and over again. It doesn't mean necessarily mean you're going to get results because your body will adapt to that workout, that one motion that you're doing, that one exercise that you're doing, and then not go anywhere further because it doesn't need to because it's strong in that position now. So, But you can also go the other way. Too much variety. So this is where things like CrossFit and F45 and, you know, the high intensity body weight class and all that sort of stuff. Yes, they're different workouts each time, but they're still doing the same plane of motion and the same modalities all the time. So yes, they're different, but it's still the same exercise just done in a little bit of a different way or different reps, but it's still doing the same thing. So Again, all these issues start coming up of imbalances, like you might work your chest too much, which rolls your shoulders forward, which weakens your back, which gives you bad posture. So you need to work your back just as much as your front, so your posture's good, you feel good, your shoulder doesn't pop out of the joint, all that sort of stuff. Um, what was the question again? 
do, well, the point is doing the same workouts over and over. I was going to ask you if someone listening has purchased a program or they have sort of made their own program with workouts that they've got from social media and stuff, how long should they do a workout and how many times a week should they do the same workout? Mm. So like question. let's say you have workout A, B, C, they're all different. Mm. How many weeks should they technically do A, B, C, like Monday, Tuesday, Monday, Wednesday, Friday? How many weeks would be enough, do you uh, think? Everybody's different. I like four weeks. Some people that get bored quickly when I'm writing a program, I'll change it every three weeks. And you can even push it out to five weeks depending on the workouts like body weight workouts, running, that sort of stuff, your body adapts super quick. So this is the issue with all these challenges and that sort of stuff. Yes, you can jump in, do body weight, hit training, and your body adapts pretty quick, but after a couple of weeks, you're not gonna get results because your body has adapted and it does adapt to those things really quick. Running's the same thing. People get all excited, they go out running, you know, the Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and then in three weeks, they're not getting any more results and they're running more, running more, running more. But then their body is just adapted to that stimulus. So you've got to change every, again, depending on the exercises, I'd say three to five weeks. If you're doing like a resistance type training, obviously best is going to be a mixture of all, every modality you can think of. But again, you still want to change it up because you want to, like I said in the running, you want to be running forwards, but also how about we run sideways occasionally? Let's also run backwards. Mix it up, do every single direction so your body is going to be strong in all different. And sometimes you can't get all those directions into the one program, so the ABC. So in four weeks, let's do F, G, H, mm. Q. Right? And then the next one, it's X, Y, Z. Like, so it's always different but you're giving your body time to adapt to those stimuluses over three to five weeks. Yep. Yeah, that makes sense. Anything else you want to talk about for people doing the same workouts over and over? Um, no. <laughs> I, I guess we all get in that habit of doing it. And this is something that this is, I've fallen into this trap as well. You find an exercise or a certain workout or certain thing that you just start enjoying too much and then all of a sudden you're doing it way too much um, this is where somebody programming for you comes in very handy um, I'll even get somebody to program for me because I have biases of things I enjoy a lot which causes imbalances because I don't do those other things because I'm like well I don't need to do those but you do need to do all those other little things so just having somebody program for you um, yeah, plenty of coaches out there now can program three to six month workouts for you. And you can do like six months and then start again because it's been six months. So you can go back to the start and it's a different stimulus. So just having somebody to program all the things that you're biased against doing without realizing is a good option. You know, just, just signing up for Institute Health and Fitness bronze package would solve all of your problems, really. Mm. Just saying. Okay, let's do number five. Jack's favorite one. Drum roll. <laughs> uh, okay. Following the no pain, no gain mentality. Mm. This, and 
This is hard because I just want to go on so many different tangents. Should I clarify mm. first? Mm. It is the belief that you have to push yourself to the point of exhaustion or extreme discomfort in order to see results from exercise. Mm. That's what we mean by no pain, no gain. It's very common in the CrossFit world. Any In any world, really. You, can, you see it with running, you see it with CrossFit, you see it with weightlifting, people lifting too heavy and losing form and not doing proper technique, which leads to injury or working the wrong muscles when you don't have the wrong tech, right technique. So it happens in every, and there's two reasons. The main reason why I think this is popular because there's a lot of coaches or trainers or PTs or people helping other people exercise that don't understand exercise. So they just like, well, more is better. I'll put them into pain. They've achieved something and that's good. Where if you actually understand how to program and understand what stimuluses activate certain muscles and hormones, all that, if you understand the human body, how it moves and how much you actually need to do to stimulate the muscle growth or whatever your goal is, you don't actually need to do that much and you do not need to go into a workout every single time and hurt yourself. But again, a lot of coaches out there, like the CrossFit course, again, I'm not picking on CrossFit for any particular reason, but CrossFit is a two-day course and you can go out and coach people. Nowhere in there did they talk about regulating hormones, how much stimulus you need to for muscle growth, sleep, hydration. They went into nothing like that. It's just like, here's the workouts, here's how to do them properly. Nutrition? Did they cover nutrition at all? No. Like, they talked about it, they didn't cover it. Mm. And, that, and that's the issue. And then you got all these people going out there and like, well, let's just work hard. Here's a workout, five, six days a week, push yourself as hard as you possibly can. And that's how it's got so popular because it's just, easy people get sweaty and they think that they've done good a lot of crossfit coaches i know only program week to week mm. or day to day where a proper program should be at least a month minimum out so your coach should have at least a month of program workouts planned so they actually know what to go but then like you know how much volume you're hitting over the week all that sort of stuff so that's why it becomes popular but then I know this is a bit going to get woo-woo, but I'll bring it back a little bit, but self-love as well. So everybody almost hates themselves that much that they want to do a hard workout. Like, I, I need to work out hard because I missed last week. So they're punishing themselves for missing all the workouts that last week. So I need to go as hard as I can because I'm the worst. I missed last week. I, I'm not walking. I'm not going to be able to walk out of here. I'm, my legs are going to be like, you know. There's that part of it as well. Like, or I went out. I had a massive weekend. I shouldn't have drank so much. Now I need to sweat it out and go as hard as I possibly can. Mm. And it's just the wrong attitude to have. And a lot of people are going into these workouts thinking they need to punish. Like they deserve the punishment for indulging a little bit on the weekend, when <laughs> you don't. It's they're not connected. Like. And really, if you do that, then you're probably going to set yourself back another week because you're so extremely sore or you're so exhausted or you injure yourself. So then you have another flat week. You've been like, I'm so lazy. I can't exercise because I went too hard last week. And it's just like, 
a vicious cycle. Yeah, and it is. And people, it's hard to get that out of people's head that they don't need to work hard. They need to be consistent. Now, again, like we talked about the warm-up, cool-down, all that sort of stuff, like doing the perfect workout, yeah, that is all hard work. You've still got to go to the gym and work hard. You can't just go into the gym and sit down and look at the weights and <laughs> talk to your mates and walk on the treadmill for a little bit. Yes, you still need to lift weights that challenge your muscles in a perfect form or you need to run at a steady pace to tax your lungs enough. Like, Yes, you still need to be working in those sessions, but you do not need to punish yourself to the point where you know, you're in so much pain that you can't continue. That your body can't actually adapt to that. You get no results from that. Um, and over time, it just adds to stress, hormone imbalances, decline in health, decline in muscle, uh, muscle strength, bone strength. And you might not realize it now, but in 20 years time, you're, doing, you're gonna be damaging your body for then. It might be fine now. Um, yeah, and it, like, it's just hard because you know D David Goggins has been getting a whole lot of bad rap on the internet and I think it's deserved because he's always like, just go out and work hard. Like I heard the other day that he needs people to help him up, get up and start moving through the day because all the cartilage in his knees are gone. He's got no cartilage in his knees, but he'll still go out and run a marathon because you've got to work hard and you've got to push through the pain. I'm like, well, hold on a second. Like, What's why? his quality of life going to be like in 10 years, five years time even? When he's 60, you won't be able to walk. Yeah. And it's not, it's like, how about you go into the workout with a loving, caring, I'm doing this workout to improve myself and make myself healthier. You're not going to go and destroy your knees every single workout. Mm. And... I think it's just people have got to switch over and see workouts as a way to improve yourself, your well-being, your health. And when you look at it that way, you're not going to want to punish yourself because you don't... There's no need to punish yourself. Yeah. So, okay, if there's a newbie listening, what? how can they identify like the level of pain? Because obviously when you're new to exercise, there is still pain, like muscle soreness. Mm. And you do want a little bit of pain, but it's not necessarily if there's no pain, you aren't making any gains. So how can someone know if the level of muscle soreness they're experiencing is an okay amount or if they're like just doing too much? Or I, I always refer to resistance training, but any kind of exercise. How do they yeah. know like what's well, a good amount? And this is hard because a newbie will come in and see somebody over in the corner that is pushing hard and they're going into that pain cave and they are in pain and they're doing a workout that's causing them pain. And newbie's going to look at that and go, well, fuck, they look sexy. They've got great results. They're ripped. I'm going to start doing it. But they've been doing it for 10 years. Mm. So they probably started with no pain. And now after 10 years, they yes, they need to push that hard to get some sort of muscle stimulus. But they've been doing it for 10 years. So it's accumulative as well. So you build up that pain tolerance over time. So a newbie... You sh I, I'd almost say try not to get any pain and just focus on the technique. Mm -hmm. Focus on perfect movements every single rep. It's going to take you a while, but in that time, your body is still going to build muscle. It's still going to um, adapt to the stimulus that you're putting on your body. So you don't need to get pain when you're a newbie, but it's also good to just pay attention to you know, how it feels when you're doing it. Like You're going to get more pain in your bicep when you're doing a bicep curl because it's one muscle than a 
back squat because yeah. you're using several muscles. And I only know that because I've done them hundreds of thousands of times. And you're not going to understand that until you do it hundreds of thousands of times. So all I'd say for a newbie is take your time. Give yourself time to, you know, understand the movements, understand your muscles, how certain exercises feel, all that sort of stuff. And then once you understand perfect form, how it feels, all that sort of stuff, then you can start pushing a little bit harder, lifting a bit heavier, jumping a bit higher, running a bit faster to feel those pain points. Mm -hmm. You just, again, it's like, it's not bad to go to that pain cave, but just five or six days a week, no good. Yeah. Maybe once a week, pushing yourself to the limit after you've gone through that newbie stage, yeah. As a newbie, I'd strongly recommend not pushing to that point because you're just going to injure yourself and cause a pretty bad issue in your training career. Cool. That's a wrap. Done. Um, so obviously, I've talked a lot in this episode. If you're still here, thank you very much. But next week, Mac is going to be doing all talking and we're going to dive into the mistakes people make when starting to work on their nutrition, yep. eating. And that is something we all struggle with. Yep. And I'd still do today, no matter what. So make sure you hang around and listen to that episode as well. Um, that is coming out next Tuesday. Thanks again, everybody. And we'll talk to you in the next episode. Bye.